Welcome, welcome to the Social Living Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Green. I have my co-host, Jamal Lawrence. How you doing, Jam? I'm good. I'm good. Um, turn you up. So yeah, go on. Okay, now, yeah, I just said I'm good, man. An, an enjoyable week, busy, but yeah, it's been an enjoyable one. How's, how's things with you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Uh, a lot of changes. Been an enjoyable week as well. Uh, a lot of changes. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what what the next like month's gonna be like, really. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, man. But it's good, man. And um, oh, I'm looking forward to like. There's an event I'm going to actually. Uh, two weeks time. So do you remember me talking to you about earn your leisure or earn your leisure? As they mm. say, yeah, 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 yeah. London. Oh, sick. They're in London, going to their event. So networking event should be good. So we're talking about the agency, talking about um, the vodka as well. So mm. yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that still. So it should be good. No, that'd be good. That'd be a nice little, nice little link up. Mm, trust me, trust me. How's your How's your trip to London? Good, man. Really good. Um, first time I've been on on set at a photo shoot that big. So it was interesting to see what goes on um, the behind the scenes and all of that surprisingly the the people who the agency that was shooting the um photo shoot was super young like they've got to be under but everyone was probably under 25 which was oh, really good to see that they've got that contract because that the photo shoot would have cost like 150k for, wow. for a, a day's photo shoot mm. but, um yeah just to see the levels that go into it and 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 the i guess i call it the model or the ambassador that we used how the effort she goes into to get the shots right and yeah it's it's it's, it's a long day is she makes her money if it, if that makes sense because it's a, it's a long day of constant playing up to the camera mm-hmm. like you got to got to about 12 one and i was like yeah i'm i'm tired just yeah. doing behind the scenes stuff <laughs> <Let's just laughs> in front of the camera but it's important to let the audience know like what goes into social because some people really don't understand you know what mm. i mean like all, all these campaigns and things that go especially when you get to high level stuff like it's not just as simple as like yeah take a picture on your phone and it's proper mm. photo shoots it's proper like trying to like recreate certain things and trying to get like certain visions that people have onto the screen like this is it's almost like a movie set to a certain extent like, it was yeah it was like it was all like a it was like we were shooting a music video in terms of the production that was behind it and the level of equipment i've seen cameras and lighting i've never seen like as big as cars like it was crazy <laughs> like 8k 16 yeah, yeah, shots yeah. you know what i mean so yeah no that's good man good experience for you um so yeah you probably learned a lot man learned a lot uh what's it called let's dive let's dive into it man Episode 20, 26, can't believe we're 26 weeks in, mm. uh, in terms of episodes anyway. Um, man, a lot has happened on social this week. Yeah, it's been a busy one. It's, it's a very busy. busy one, especially on the back end of our la- la- last week, you know, the back end of last week where we were talking about Mason Greenwood, council culture. And here we are again with like a few more different cases. Mm. Um, I don't know if you have seen the news today specifically, <laughs> So Adidas have already come out and said, you know what, you know, we don't work with Kurt Zuma anymore. You know? Yeah, I saw the news. 
I saw the news. <laughs> Can't lie, I was expecting it. I was expecting it. I feel like brands now, I guess for their own safety, have to distance themselves to kind of protect their the brand, I guess. When like instances like this happen, I feel like the most politically correct thing to do is for them to distance themselves and and that keeps their brand safe. But yeah, it's yeah, whether that's right or wrong is like that's where where that the, the brand responsibility is at the moment. It's crazy. Do you do you think so like just for the audience who doesn't know, so Kurt Zuma is a ex Chelsea player, current West Ham football player who um, recently has been, I guess, in the press, on trending on social media uh, due to a, a, a video of him basically abusing the cat. Uh, I want, I thought, I'm just going to, yeah, it's, it's abusing the cat. Obviously, it's down to everybody's discretion what their opinion is on, on the situation. But, yeah, he's abusing the cat in the video. And uh, I believe his brother posted it. I think it was on the weekend. I think it was on Sunday. And then it just goes viral. Uh, everyone's just like trying to cancel, basically, Kazuma. Um, yesterday, West Ham had a game. People were calling for his name then. They couldn't believe he started the game. They felt as if, like, he shouldn't, I guess, shouldn't be allowed to play uh, uh, for this video. Um, I do have the video loaded, actually. Let me just quickly share share the, um, share my screen and then uh, we can uh, have a look at this video because... This is stupid on everyone's behalf. Everyone involved <laughs> is just, it's just, it's just stupid. It's not even stupid, it's stupid. Just everything. <laughs> the fact that the brother was filming it. Okay, yeah. one, the fact that Kurt Zoom was acting that way anyway. The fact that the brother filmed it and then three, the fact that he uploaded it onto social media. This, none of it makes sense. It's all major L's. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I would say. So, a uh, quick, quick forty-second video. I'm just going to play this clip. If you are listening to Spotify, just head over to YouTube and you'll have a a quick look at this uh, at this video that we have. So someone's just kicked the cat. I think it is just kicked the cat. Then they throw I guess a slipper at the cat. And then you got a little boy here holding the cat and then someone slaps the cat. And that's basically not some bolts of the video. I don't know, Jam. Like, what? <laughs> and it's just hours. And it's just, it's just don't make no sense. It's just <laughs> full of stupidness and foolishness. I just, again, I guess Kurt Zuma shouldn't have done it. It's immature, isn't it? It's yeah, it is immature for a grown grown man of I don't know how old he is, twenty six, twenty seven, to be acting that way and recall and finding funny. I guess it's just yeah, like you said, it's just immature. Mm. I agree. Like, it's very immature, but at the same time, I don't think that it deserves for him to be cancelled. <laughs> I don't know if everyone pulls the same way. There was another video. I saw some reactions on Twitter. I think somebody said, "This is worse than racism." I oh, got to name him as well. It was um Chris Kirkland. 
Was it Chris Kirkland? Was that Chris Kirkland? Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the ex. I think it was Stoke. I think he played for Stoke. Yeah, he paid for yeah, he paid. I think he paid for Stoke or, or Fulham or it was something. A few like One of those, yeah, yeah. Um, this is worse than racism. Mm. What? <laughs> I reckon he knew after he said that he thought, oh god, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna get backlash though. You didn't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like come on, like how this is not worse than racism. This is something someone's done something very childish. Um to his own cats, he's obviously playing with the cats, but it's it's in a very uh, malicious way. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't really play with your cats that way. But you know, we, I feel like we've all—if you have ever had a cat—I sometimes play with my dog in a certain way. I'm not necessarily bullying them per se, but like a nudge or do you know what I mean? It's the same way they might play with us. They scratch, they diss, they whatever. It's just that kind of like playful, rough playfulness. Obviously, this is a bit more malicious than that, so I'm not going to condone that that type of behaviour. But he's made a mistake and he's apologised for it. And I don't think he's going to do that again. <laughs> like, I just, I just feel like this has all happened. But And he, the backlash alone, I think that's enough of a punishment, personally. Um, I saw talk of him facing up to four years in jail. I don't think that's I don't think that's justice. Hmm. I think yeah, I think this weird this council culture because yes, he should be punished, but he shouldn't yeah. be cancelled. Like people are saying that he needs to be sacked and get him out of the club and etc. But it's not yeah, that's that's not the case. I I love I actually love Twitter and social media when it comes to situations like this because you get to see the whole story, you get to see other people's opinions, and you can kind of make your own make your own thoughts and, and opinions around it. And someone said, um, I think they got they brought Luis Suarez into the situation when there was that whole kick out campaign and he said something to Patrice Evra. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when he bit Ivanovic, I think it might have been. He's saying there was more uproar from Zuma. So oh yeah, one hundred percent. Than there was back then. I know at that time no one was calling for Luis Suarez to to be sacked or whatever. It was just he should be punished, but now Zuma's done this. It's like the it's worse than biting someone or race or being racist to, to fellow players. Like yeah, it's all a bit mad. It's all a bit so, mad. This, so then uh this kind of takes us into a different conversation slightly, but where Kirkland was saying that this is bigger than racism, isn't that kind of evident then? Mm. Because we've seen Suarez do some things, we've seen John Terry say some things or whatever, and the punishments haven't been this loud, mm. but a cat gets hurt, harmed. Uh, so his own cat as well. It's not like somebody else's cat or anything. It's like it's his own cat, and the uproar is just absolutely unbelievable. In to a certain extent, I I feel like it seems like it's like louder than Mason Greenwood's a little bit. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like that yeah. whole situation. This just seems like it's more in my face. I was listening to LBC yesterday and they were saying that um, uh, the fans at the ground were called, they were screaming like uh, NSPCA and um, they were agitating, trying to agitate Zuma, saying he should be sacked and all this kind of stuff like at the ground. I like that though. I think that's part of football. I think that's it what is. I expect like that, that banterous element of it and whether it was serious or not, I think that's... I feel like Zuma should expect that. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what? Yeah, like I don't doubt that. Like, hundred percent. Like that can it happen? But I feel like aren't these all things that it's like it's like a slap on the wrist? I feel like that's what he needs. It's a slap on the wrist, <laughs> isn't it? It's like that's all that. Like that's what that is to me anyway. That's just my opinion. I just think that's a slap on the wrist. All right, let's leave it. You know, like this doesn't need to go to court. This doesn't mean that he needs to like lose, you know, sponsorships. Because I feel like if you have a level of understanding, you understand that he's just being stupid. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Is is it's, it's not that he might have a problem. You know, like does he need to go on a, a course of like anti animal cruelty or something like that? I, I don't think so. I think he knows mm-hmm. what he's done, and he's just being stupid. And like general public do stupid things all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's just that because he's in the power of, inf- like, I guess he's in the the public eye, mm. he's being scrutinised. I so. think, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the status of him. And whether it's wrong or right, I feel like they're not made scapegoats, but they're, they're there to making it, to being an example and be a positive example. And when they do mess up or do something wrong, I feel like the, the consequences are a lot worse, worse than Joe Bloggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some, like on one hand, I get it and I get the response, but then on the other hand, I think it is a bit harsh. But yeah, it depends. What it depends who's viewing the video. Me mm-hmm. as a person that's not had animals or grew up with animals, I, I've probably not been as triggered by it than someone that has cats or dogs or whatever. And and what what they saw in the video might have been something malicious or. Oh, wrong they wouldn't do that to their cat but i guess it just i guess it depends on who's who's viewing it and what their views are and i i can see both sides it's just what what did what do people want from this it's not cancelling someone it's maybe a punishment and then you move on yeah well i feel like we have to understand what that punishment needs to be um and i feel like I don't I don't know what anybody else's opinions are. I haven't really looked apart from obviously the Kirkland and just Twitter just trying to cancel him. Uh in terms of the other side, I don't know if there's any other opinions. I for me, the club fining him for this is fair enough. Two was it two and a half grand? I think they said it was. I think I saw fine. two weeks' wages. Huh? Was that two I weeks' think wages? I saw two weeks' wages somewhere. All right, okay. If it's two weeks' wages, mm. then fair enough again. <laughs> like mm. that's enough in my eyes. And he could donate to the NSPCA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I, think like, a, I think that's a, a fair, a fair trade-off. Exactly that. But four years prison time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and people are doing a lot more and going away for less. Um, which actually takes me to the the Tinder swindler. Have you have you seen that? I watched. I've watched half. Maybe not. Maybe the first first maybe 20, 25 minutes of it. Uh, I need what? to finish off. I won't spoil it for you then. But I've seen enough spoilers. I've seen enough spoilers. So yeah, you can you can carry ah, on. Okay, cool. So obviously he faced it. Spoiler alert, Tinder Swindler on Netflix. I'm about to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. So pause this, go watch it, come back and listen to this. Um so Tinder Swindler, Ford Con artist, putting loads of girls in debt. And he ended up facing 15 months in jail and he came out as a free man after five months. And he is wrecking people's lives financially. Um, and it's like almost seems not a crime. And 
Kurt Zuma here kicked the cat and they want to put him down for four years in jail. Doesn't weigh up. <laughs> like, it just doesn't weigh up in it. But um interesting uh documentary, the <laughs> the the Tinder Swindler, just go watch it and let me know what you think. I think some people will find it inspirational and I think others will find like will be kind of gobsmacked by what what's happened and this person should go to jail and and, and things like that. But um you know, con artists are very smart. Um, they are, they are very, very smart. And it almost feels like um, a Scarface situation where he's, some people watch Scarface and, you know, he becomes a kingpin, right? Everything he's doing is wrong in terms of like selling drugs, getting involved in guns and crimes or whatever. But the story itself from some, from like nothing to something is kind of what people like to see. And, um, I thought I felt like that when I saw this Tinder swindler. Not to say that I want to be the Tinder swindler or anything like that, but he's just like from um I guess like a normal background, um, not from like not very well off, and he's found his way to kind of live such a luxury life. Um, albeit being wrong, if if it was put to good use or if he could do it the right way, he could um I guess it could have more benefits. It could be more beneficial to him, but he's on the wrong path. But if he was on the right path, there's nothing that can stop this guy because it's, what he's doing is very smart. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess that's my opinion on that. I don't want to make it look like I'm, <laughs> I'm like encouraging con artists and fraudsters or anything like that. But yeah, it was a, a very interesting documentary. So yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, another cancel culture uh, moment that came up this past week, probably last two weeks, is Joe Rogan. Um, have you seen anything on Joe Rogan? Again, I've seen that. Um, I think did Spotify initially say they weren't gonna ban him from the platform, but then they yeah. removed like seventy-four episodes of his podcast or something like that. And I'm not too sure what's happened after that. That's yeah, that's that's what I've heard so far. Yeah. So again, I I, I don't I don't think I have like. 360 on the whole on the whole situation um from what i know is that uh i guess there's a, a, a clip of him talking about covid and what he took um and then the powers that be your twitters your instagrams they're like trying to censor him for misinformation um and he's kind of come out and kind of defended it it's like look i'm not saying i have a cure for covid i'm not saying covid is this there are people and people who work within the like the medical profession who have recommended this and I've done this um, and others can do it too. I don't see anything wrong with that, but obviously with him having an influence, they are like ready to kind of take him down. And then this past week, there's like clips of him saying the N word. Um, so now he's deemed a racist. I've watched Joe Rogan for like the last five years he's not he's not a racist <laughs> like based on when were the clips from so were the clips are like from years and years ago i think i believe it's him uh doing a intimate stand-up um and he's he's saying the n-word and it sounds it's, it's it's terrible like he's again it's a moment of stupidity and he can hold his hands up back then back then he said it but you know, he wouldn't say this in modern day. Do you know what I mean? And he knows it was stupid. But again, it's like another attack on the powers that be. 
um, to kind of dimmen his light to, you know, knock him down for whatever reason. They're not a part of his, he's not a part of that agenda. So, right, right, it's time for you to get knocked down or whatever. And people are ready to kind of jump on that, I guess. So, yeah, another cancel culture moment. And again, I think for Joe Rogan, my thing is just have your own platform. Like, nobody can't kick you off your own platform, man. Mm-hmm. This is your, <laughs> if you have your own platform, again, I understand there's censorships on social media and stuff like that. And it's difficult, but Joe Rogan's got a big enough platform to have his own platform. People listen. He's, he gives so much value or offers so much value in all his podcast episodes for people. If you are, if you're a follower of Joe Rogan, you're, you, you can see past all this cancel culture stuff. Mm. Um, because you just know it's like, this is nonsense. But again, to the general public who might not even listen to him or don't know much about him, they're like ready to cancel him and not support it. Like they don't want to see him. So, yeah. What do you reckon his next move will be? Following this, do you reckon he comes off Spotify? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I heard that um, he's offered to... I think he's trying to leave Spotify. Um, Mm. That's what I read. So, yeah, I think it's definitely time. He's made his his millions and... Definitely time. So, I would just have my own platform. Do it in a different way. Um, this could be mean like uh, a different experience. He might not need to rely on the likes of YouTube. It could be Patreon. Patreon will kick off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, he can make it. He's got a big enough community to be able to manage a network. And I think, yeah, that's what he should do. Have it all under his own thing and then just kind of go from there. So I think that's what he should do, really. Yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see what his next move is. Because, yeah, like, he has the power in his hands. His audience will go wherever he is, so. Yeah. Big time, big time. All right, next. Next on my docket, we've got Hugo Boss. The big boss, Hugo and Boss. Uh, I saw a couple of weeks ago, I did a post, actually, on my uh, personal profile about um, Cabby Lame, um, the guy he goes <laughs> on uh, on TikTok. Uh, yeah, man, he's killing it right now, isn't it? Like that boss check. Yeah, I must have been a health check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big out to big shout out to Hugo Boss. So obviously Hugo Boss, they they're doing a rebrand at the moment. Um, big twenty twenty two campaign, um, and they're working with a, a huge amount of, uh, I guess, influences. And obviously Cabby Lane being kind of of a surprise one, I think. Um, He's probably the quietest man on TikTok and got the most followers, right? Or mm-hmm. second most following, um, second biggest following on TikTok, and all he does is that. And um, if you don't know who, I'm, if you don't know who I'm talking about, then you've been living under a rock for the last that throughout the whole pandemic. Um, and yeah, he signed a deal with Hugo Boss, so you can see him in 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 their in their clothes in their their current campaign, but. I did want to kind of evaluate Hugo Boss's kind of like rebrand, what they've been doing, their approach. I see that they're trying to hit like two different demographics. So they've been trying to hit like, uh, I guess is it there's the Hugo side, which is more like your um, sophisticated almost sophisticated. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like millennials, and then like the boss side, which is more like. 
the um what's it called? Uh the boss like Gen Z. Mm. Thing. So yeah, I think they, they're trying to hit like two different yeah, so the Hugo side is Gen Z and then the boss is for the millennials. So they're trying to like divvy it out and then they've got different um influences to kind of hit 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 both sides. So yeah, but in terms of fashion, like, this is your bag jam. So mm. <laughs> what I was so it's interesting because they had like their look their rebrand, I'm gonna say around October time, and they had so they basically shot a I could we can try and look at this later, but they shot a campaign in a I think it might be in a baseball stadium and they had loads of influencers, models, actresses, musicians come out in like a catwalk kind of theme and and show off their clothes which mm-hmm. from a creative standpoint looked sick like it, it caught my eye and, and and I kind of got the concept and I was sharing it with the team and the team liked it as well but I don't think it got the the reach they hoped so it was interesting to see like step step two or phase two of it Mm-hmm. And it kind of, I guess, stripped it back. It, taken the money that they had creatively from this campaign they had in October and put it towards a campaign that was actually just based on reach, getting the right talent in terms of like influencers, models, actresses, sports stars mm-hmm. in their clothes and and getting that message out there about the rebrand. And and it's worked for them. Like, <laughs> They've made it, they've it's been such a simple approach, but they've just piled and put money into it that everyone's become aware of it. Yeah, no, the, clothing, the clothing that they've promoted isn't anything um game changing. This is it's been like basic tees, hoodies, jumpers with a logo. Brand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and that's kind of got it done it for them. That's that's helped change the perception almost mm-hmm. of the brand. And I want to say overnight, but it's not been overnight, but over a short a short period of time. Yeah, for 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 me, like I did, like see when you said October, never saw it, never saw anything. Do you know what I mean? But again, I'm not really in that world. But when when Cabby Lame came into the picture, that's where it caught my eye, and it was like, oh, hashtag be your own boss. And I thought, wow, yo, Cabby Lame has got uh, he's got a Hugo boss deal. Mm. wow that's massive do you know what i mean that's because i see this guy all the time he's doing record numbers on tiktok and for him to get a deal like that it's like wow okay cool and then it also just shows that okay high-end or high-end fashion brands can actually like dabble into these types of influences because you would never associate him with fashion and now that unifies two different worlds and it also opens up a, a new audience for Hugo Boss that never had access to before. Um, yeah, yeah. I, just, yeah, I thought that was it. I just, to me, that alone in itself, I just, I got it and I, I understood it. So I thought, yeah, that second activation that you're talking about has has, has definitely had the, the biggest influence. It shows the power of influence marketing. Really, a lot of people say it's dead or it's dying, but they've they've used that as their main their main drive or their main channel, and it's blown for them. Like before, like you said, to see a guy like him kind of get a deal with Hugo Boss, which is which is high end, high end. It's a high end brand. It's a luxury brand. Mm-hmm. Is it's unheard of before? Before we used to see it with, I guess, oh, I don't know what to call him. I guess people like him that have kind of blown on social media by doing something simple, or or before it might be something humorous or something silly, like the um, mm-hmm. 
Ferdy guy. What's his name? What did he do? Ferdy. Um, his phrase. The guy that hit his head on the car. Why you can't? Oh, um, don't go anywhere. Yeah, don't go anywhere. That's it. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> he was the first person that kind of, kind of blew and got like brand deals from from this social media game. And yeah. and before it was just like the likes of Boohoo, like fast fashion brands that were on it and saw the value in it. But now we're seeing bigger brands like the Hugo bosses kind of take that stance into the media world and kind of own it and and changing their perception that way. But it's good to see, man. It's good to see. It makes it makes everything a bit more inclusive and. You've seen you've seen him like go up against not go up against but work alongside Anthony Joshua, Kylie Jenner. Like, these are mega stars, and it'd be interesting to see who's had that most traction because I'm sure he'll be up there in the numbers. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And it's choosing like there, there's so much power in choosing that right person as well. Like you mentioned it before. I know we've had discussions on this like away from the podcast, but like as a brand, sometimes like you you got to try and hit like the different kind of types of influences as well. So you have like your, your, your micro influence, and then you have your kind of like bigger influences who you can have probably on a bigger retainer because they actually have an influence. Like they're literally, they can make your brand pop straight away. Mm -hmm. And I think like something like uh, someone like Kaby Lane has that globally. Do you know what I mean? And it'll be interesting to see how much he actually gets paid compared to like, Anthony Joshua like to me they're almost on the same level in terms of like um I guess the name but people uh, maybe not let me not that sounds like a really bold statement that but I don't I, don't I, think, think, so, I think like you said he is he is a global like TikToker and the fact that he doesn't speak kind of works in his favor because he can yeah. appeal to every market yeah his gestures yeah, so a global audience that are, that are tapped into him, rather as AJ might be mainly UK with US and maybe parts of Africa that are paying attention. But yeah, so I, but I wouldn't. Say you that might that think with with, with Anthony Joshua, you might think you might think Hugo Boss. Mm, yeah, but with Cabilene, you don't think Hugo Boss. But I still I think like it's two different different def demographics. So whether Hugo is more for like Gen Z, I think that's the part that maybe Cabilene is more targeted for mm. like the, that younger gen z where the millennials that's more anthony joshua i feel like mm. everyone, they, you know what i mean so that's why i was like okay it, it might be slightly different but those that gen z are now gonna know about hugo boss because i don't think gen z are like when they don't they're not gonna think of hugo boss you know no, what I mean? I feel like it's not in their lips like it's a much older audience in my head anyway so no you know for sure for sure and that's that's the kind of um area they've always dabbled in is that that plus 35 audience i guess the guys with disposable income high earning jobs but now yeah. they've they've made themselves a bit more appealing to the younger audience i say this but i've not looked at the prices of their clothing because that'll be a, a, another stumbling block to see if they've adjusted their pricing to hit the audience they're looking to go after mm. so if they still got a 250 pound for a hoodie it's it's gonna limit the impact it has in terms of generating sales. Like the the awareness is there. They've done the, the awareness part. I guess phase three almost is generating sales from this rebrand. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how how that does for them and how the, the the price point becomes an issue or not. 
Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see that go. I think we should definitely touch back on that in a couple of months and see where that, where that, where that, where our, how it went. Um, but I, I like this approach of Hugo Boss. It's definitely bold. Uh, I know that they've had like a hundred million euros of marketing spend to kind of go towards this big push. And it's interesting as well, because this takes me on to my next topic where we're about to touch on basically today's episode uh, being like NFTs. Um, and they did this, they did like a TikTok challenge where it's called boss moves. And basically the winners of this kind of like boss moves challenge on TikTok would win an NFT jacket. And that's again, another new approach of brand like Hugo Boss associating themselves with NFTs. Associating, associating yourself with NFTs now, not so sure. Um, but obviously back maybe when was it like 12 weeks ago when we were talking about it you could check uh episode 12 where we were talking about nfts and maybe why you want to dabble into it i think so much has changed um since the last time we spoke about nfts and um it's 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 almost now getting bad press Mm -hmm. as opposed to good press uh and everybody and their mum is talking about nfts right now it's strange you know it's almost in nowadays in 2022 things can't stay underground almost like nothing is just underground as soon as it hits social media with like you said within 12 weeks it, it can blow and become part of of normality or, and, and the general public like i said we got mums talking about nfts now which is mad mm-hmm. but yeah it's crazy it's interesting to see where it's gone because like, like i said like 12 weeks ago you were kind of educating us all about nfts and, and where you saw the potential and now it's like it's gone in a different direction and see the worst thing is i still see the potential in it especially the technology and the cryptocurrency that's you know behind it um i still see that uh but i also mentioned in that same episode that that technology will have is is still going to get innovated on. So whether it's the NFT products itself that will take off, I'm not sure, but it will definitely be an innovation on top of that that will, you know, make that change or or take us into a new direction. Obviously right now is it's it's an evil business almost right now because everyone's jumped onto it. Um so if you did check out episode 12 of the podcast we spoke about how there was like a, a a social responsibility and I liked Gary Vaynerchuk's approach to this. He didn't want to talk about a certain project. He didn't want to talk about um, certain things because he knew everybody would just go and rush onto this and inflate NFTs in a, in a negative way, right? He may have taken control of that, but then there's other people who have influence who have kind of just gone, I bought this NFTs. If you're if you're in a football world, people like uh, John Terry's talking about NFTs. Like, what are you doing? Why are you talking about NFTs? <laughs> like on his Twitter, he's talking about just bought this NFT, and it, I think it's one of the um, board eight ones. Mm. And you're like, what is he doing? And then Reese James talks about buying an NFT. Jack Grealish is talking about they own this NFT. Mm. Half of Joe Twitter, Willett. yeah. Huh? Joe, Joe Willett, Willett. Willett. Well, yeah, yeah. Like half of Twitter's profile pictures are NFTs that they don't even own. Mm. Do you know what I mean? My picture looked like an NFT for I had to take it down. I was like, I'm not associating with this anymore. This is <laughs> ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> I had to change it. 
and I was just like, this is all getting a bad name right now. Like, let's not get it twisted. People like Jack Grealish, Joe Willock, uh, Reese James, John Terry, I'm pretty certain they don't know much about NFTs. They're being paid to post, just like any influencer would, about a certain collection of NFTs that are most of them probably worth nothing. Some might be worth some money, like in terms of like actually has a value, um, but there's no real core value. So there's a lot of scams that are happening right now on NFTs. There's um, different moves that people are doing. One example is like a, a rug pull, which is what people are calling it, where you build hype around a uh, certain NFT collection. Um, and then once the whole collection has been sold, or a portion of it has been sold. So what people are doing is they either sell out the whole collection, which could be 10,000, or you sell like part of the collection. So like you might put out like a hundred and then say, all right, um, this is just like a pre, uh, pre-launch pre to the rest of the collection. Sell those at a higher price because it's like the first rare ones. Mm. And then then what happens is the owners of these these NFTs or whatever, they just disappear. And then there's you like no more marketing about it, no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all gone. They're like, whoa, what just happened? They all disappeared. And obviously, with cryptocurrencies, with NFTs, a lot of these things are can be done anonymously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like it's an all anonymous game. So you don't even know the people behind it. And where I saw the value was like if there was a certain artist or community that you actually follow and you actually know these people. Or you, you're a part of this community. It's another great way to kind of connect with that community. So I know I mentioned it with um, Tanika and her business. Uh, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, you might have a community of people who are willing to purchase your NFTs just to, just to support you. Mm. But what also is happening is that people are using this as a way to make a quick buck. So if we just do quick maths, right? A, a, a simple NFT collection, something like CryptoPunks, right? It's got 10,000 like different variations. So there's 10,000 versions of this NFT, right? So someone can just copy, do one image, just do one image. And then they can have slight different variations. One eye open, one eye closed, left hand up, right hand up, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. All those, and then they just do different backgrounds. That can all be done by code. That now is no longer like art. You're just using code to generate pictures, simple JPEGs, right? And then if you're smart enough, or you, you're, I guess, if you have the know-how when it comes to marketing, you can market this, right? You can purchase influencers to say, look, this NFT collection is about to be the new big thing. We've seen, we've seen, uh, the likes of Reese James do it, uh, Jack Grealish, um, John Terry, they're all pushing certain NFTs. I'm not to say that their NFTs are scams, I don't know, but it looks scammy when you're just suddenly talking about NFTs and there's like no evidence that you even know what you're talking about. Hmm. Um, I was It'd even be interesting to see if there's any backlash from this because I guess when you get these people with, with that stat, that status, once money starts getting lost 
there there be a, attached to that that loss of money, that loss of earnings, or wherever it's come from. Yeah. And because, like you said, it's it's a quite an, it's an anonymous game. They're the, they're the face of these NFTs, so it would be interesting to see what kind of backlash comes of that. If if it is if it does work out to be a scam, yeah, if it, yeah, well, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. Like especially with their ones, I don't know if their ones are being scammed. Their ones seem to be the ones that are really high in that your average Joe can't actually afford. Mm. So it just looks like oh, this is just a rich people's game. If you got some money, all right, I'll buy this NFT for thirty thousand k and or oh, thirty thousand dollars, sorry, or thirty thousand pounds or whatever, and um. We'll see. Oh, it might make me two point five million in a couple of weeks, but either way, that's just change for you. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it builds hype, and it makes it makes it might make people like ourselves feel as if oh, we can't even purchase that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then I might not be able to purchase that NFT, but what I might do is oh, somebody else is talking about this NFT that's going to be on the rise. Ah, oh, I can actually afford this one, mm-hmm. and then and it might be like three hundred and fifty pounds. 350 pounds times 10,000 is 3.5 million pounds. That's how much some of these scam artists are making. Mm, crazy. Opportunities. <laughs> they seen a hole in it. They ran with it. Because like you said, it was 12 weeks ago, we didn't. I didn't see this coming. I didn't, I didn't see the scams coming. Gary Vaynerchuk probably saw it coming because I heard about him talking about that responsibility. And that just made yeah. sense to me. Um, but again... And everyone's talking about it, it that means it's not it. Mm. That is, is like it's a simple thing. That it's not that's not the, the well, it's not the time, to, it's not the time to invest mm. technically. Because it's the everyone's hyping about it. It's super bu- like it's gonna be a bubble, just like how Bitcoin mm. was, where there was a time where it just went through the roof. Was that last summer last summer? Maybe or like a year uh, ago. Yeah, so I think last summer, it definitely was last summer. Yeah, it went through the roof, and then I think mm. it did again, pri- like prior, maybe four years earlier to that as well. Mm. Um, it went through the roof, and I can't lie, like I bought, I bought, I bought Bitcoin a long time ago, and when it does these bubbles, it it's great for me because it's like, oh, I can just take more out, and, and I can mm. distribute into other things. So it's like this is great, um, but I didn't buy during the bubble. But the bubble helps me because I can take, I can make the money. So I, it's like mm. I want it to be volatile because I get to make the money. But if you're thinking of investing at a time when everybody else is investing, this is this, is, this doesn't make any sense. The wrong time, yeah, it's the wrong time it's to, to be the money. So when it's on its way down and it's tanking, that's probably when you should buy. And you know, you, you do it in like a, a, a with something that you can afford to lose, I should say, and mm. then and try and enjoy the labors when it okay NFTs come back up again and now. Like, because there's NFTs and they're um, some are on different con- uh, different blockchains or different cryptocurrencies. So things like Ethereum, things like uh, Bitcoin. Some of these things are not actually good for the like I guess the planet overall. Yeah. So if you if you do your research, there might be a re- there might be a resurgence again in like a couple years time when it's NFTs. But now these are NFTs that are better for the planet. Mm. Then all those other ones are gonna just tank. You know what I mean? Saw it. Yeah, we saw. I think it might be in the summer again, where Elon Musk tweeted about um, the, his uh, reserves on how sustainable. I think it might be. Uh, what was the crypto? Is it Dogecoin. So it might be in Dogecoin. Was yeah, 
and then it, it just plummeted. The, the, so yeah, be interesting to see. Like I, I don't like I. This is your area, so like all, all my knowledge has come from you almost. So it's been good. It's yeah. been good to kind of get educated on that, and yeah. even like twelve weeks ago to see in that the, the rise of NFTs and to see where it is now and and where that might be in the summer. So I feel like the hype is only gonna increase. And when you start seeing your Jimmy's and those type of influencers shouting about it, you know, you know, it's not it. It's not it. Yeah, it's not it. One hundred percent. And people really need to stay clear of some of these. Like, I know, I don't know if you had any like these people like DMing you. Like, look, you need to get involved in this ENFT collection. I remember when we used to record on stereo, and people were, um, some people were commenting about their NFT collection that they had. Um, and I was like, what is going on? There's just, it's too much hype around this. And everyone's saying that their NFT is about to be the next NFT to go to millions. And, mm. but you can purchase it now for $5, $10, whatever. Mm. Uh, and people are spending so much money to try and hold something because they want that lottery ticket. That is a definitely like, a dream come true. And, um, I know Nipsey Hussle spoke about this. I know I like to quote Nipsey Hussle a lot, but he talks about like the gold rush that they had in California. Oh, was it San Francisco? I think it was. Uh, everyone was moving to West Coast to try and get some gold. But the people who made the most money were the people who sold the shovels. It wasn't the, <laughs> it wasn't the people who re- came for the gold. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You sold the shovels, you're making the money. And that's what this feels like right now. It's the people, the people giving you the NFTs to hold. They're the ones making the money. It's not the people yeah. who are holding the NFTs. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful about like, you know, certain approaches and be un- understanding or certain things. That, 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 that doesn't mean don't invest in NFTs. I'm not saying that. But if there's, if you're like wanting to support a local artist, a local um, baker, you could support our, our podcast or whatever. We're releasing NFTs just to raise funds for our podcast. You can support that. You know us, you know exactly the the wallets we'll be using, the marketplaces that we'll be using. You can do that and you can support. NFTs can be used for that and that won't change. But if you're trying to use NFTs to make money and get rich quick, you're in the wrong place. You're going to get scammed. Mm. Your heart, it's, like, it's almost like your heart is just not even in the right place because, yeah, you're just going to you're just gonna get scammed. And it, it, I can't lie, so I'm gone. I was just gonna say it's like with everything, like do make sure you do a research before you start putting your hard-earned money in, into these things because you you need to be educated before you before you ex- set your expectations almost because that's mm. where the where the scammings happen and you end up losing a lot of earnings. So yeah, just make sure people do their 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 research into these stuff before yeah, it's right. too late. Do your due diligence and have a look at what it is you're purchasing. It, um, do, the, the person you're talking to, do you even trust them? This takes me back to the twin, the Cinderella, uh, the Tinder swindler. <laughs> um, you know, like he, he was able to build trust in women in like less than two months. Uh, and some people are building trust in people really quickly through the internet. Um, just because like, oh, oh, John Terry. Oh, he, he, he was DM, he was DMing John Terry. Mm. Yo, that's not enough. (laughs) That's not enough to make me part ways with like 350 pounds to buy an NFT I know nothing about. Do you know what I mean? 
unless it's like I'm willing to lose it, then yeah, maybe go ahead. But when you lose it, you can't complain because mm. you knew you knew what you're kind of getting into. It's a risk. Um, so yeah, man, I think that's I guess that's it really for me in terms of like the evil side of NFTs because. Yeah, it's, it's 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 stepped up this whole this last couple of weeks, and I'm just like, nah. Like we've seen it. Hugo Boss has just released a NFT. Have a look. You know, you know it's Hugo Boss. That might be worth owning. Who knows? Take take part in the challenge. Own it. Where do you see the NFT space going within like the next year? How do you see it planning out? Hmm. In the next year. I I've, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns and my instincts when it comes to uh, like how like I feel like the whole world's really focusing on this like carbon footprint thing and um, it seems to be everyone's trying to go green and stuff and I think that uh, I think that coins or cryptocurrencies that have really low emissions I think they're gonna be the focus uh behind nfts uh kind of going forward so it'd be interesting to see where where that kind of goes so i think yeah um there'll be a focus on kind of you know i know elon musk uh, one of his uh, i think tesla are supporting one cryptocurrency and that cryptocurrency there that carbon footprint just to for that between transactions is minimal it's it's the low it's the lowest out of almost all the um, cryptocurrencies that are out there that I know of anyway especially the mainstream ones so Elon Musk is ahead of the curve I think with that so I think that's that's going to impact the NFT world big like, I feel like if you own an NFT and it's worth millions now but it's on um, it's on a chain that's like requires so many servers that are just killing the planet that could potentially kill a lot of things and especially with like like gen z as they age and i feel like that that they seem to be super conscious about the earth and all these things i feel like yeah it's gonna have a negative impact so don't hold it for too long if you're gonna make your money make it get in get out that's Mm. it don't hold that for too long have you got your eyes on anything at the moment uh only my own collections man so um uh, I'm really thinking about kind of like campaigning a few things. Uh, so a, a couple collections. I would like to get more people involved in NFTs, but only as a community. So like anyone who kind of follows the Social Living podcast, it would be good for them to kind of support the podcast using the NFTs. So they could get extra content. They could get extra um podcast episodes that are unreleased anywhere else is only if you have the nft uh, mm. you can listen to it so things like that that's what i'm more interested in i don't have any interest in, in i have no interest in buying an nft to own one you're not in that consumer mindset at the moment nah mm. i just straight creating nfts i've i've considered uh, like doing marketing on a certain nft just to make money because when i hear the maths of okay i get a collection use some code create ten thousand nfts all right if i sell that for you know 150 pounds that's 1.5 million ah yeah this that makes sense (laughs) that's instant scale you know and i'm like yeah all right cool i should try to do that but 
ethically, morally, like I shouldn't do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I know it doesn't actually have any value. I just created it just for the sake of creating it, just to make money. Um, but again, the world of marketing is like that, right? A lot of people use fluff words. They say things. I, I read. Um, I had a Red Bull today because I was mad tired. Right? I read the the the, the uh, on the front of the can, and it says this revitalizes your body and your mind never have i've been revitalized by red bull ever <laughs> and um who knows they they might not want to sponsor this show ever i don't care but mm. on, like that's nonsense <laughs> you know what i mean but it's marketing isn't it so mm. it's difficult man because sometimes i think about the the industry working and i'm like what what am i actually putting out into this world because I understand we understand how everything works, but then there's an element where it feels like, oh, it's just like slightly conning people a little bit. Um, and I don't like that, you know. Mm. You know, you could say big sale, seventy percent off. No, no prices have changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's just, it's things like that. So, yeah, man. What about you, man? Have you thought about any NFTs? Any anything that's caught your eye? Anything you actually like? You think is actually quite cool? I think a lot of what I've seen, like the footballers share visually, they, they look like cool pieces of, of art to collect, but it's not necessarily something that I don't think I'm in, like I said, I don't think I'm in that consumer mindset yet. I'm not, I'm not deep in it enough to start spending my money or putting my money towards um, different NFT, NFTs and different collections. Mm-hmm. So my, my, I guess my exposure is it to it is, is seeing the people I follow, I guess the people with influence, I'm um, talking about it and sharing their collections, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not in that back that consumer mindset yet to start putting my money into it. One, I just don't. I'm not. I've not dived deep into the space. I've not done enough research. And two, uh, like you said, it's, it's it's the rise of it seems a bit too quick for me. So I'm a bit hesitant to kind of put my put my cash where where the collections are. But yeah, that could change. That could change in a year's time. But yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see, man. I think we should definitely try and work together uh, in, in in putting something together for our listeners, uh, putting out like an NFT collection um, where people could support us. Uh, it could be like donations, it could be whatever, and then it just help maybe the podcast get to a a new stage, new guests, you know, things like that. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we could definitely do that. And then who knows, that could be your first NFT that you even own yourself. So, mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Point. I think that would be, I think that would definitely be good. So um, today's hot seat question, you ready for this one, Jam? Last week was a mayor, I can't even lie. Like <laughs> I watched back on tour, what we were talking about. It was like, I don't know, it was like we were tired. It was like, it, it was must like, have been, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we, <laughs> hopefully we can get this all right. So today's hot seat question is, would you rather be happy and content, but not achieve much? Or never be satisfied, or achieve, um, or and achieve a lot. Them ones. So I've been thinking. Just I've been thinking about this through the episode, and strange enough, my answer's changed. When you oh, first, really? <laughs> can you get the question back up? Yeah, sure. So I'm just yeah. going to edit that quick. Um, sorry, technical difficulties. 
Boom. Yeah, I want to make sure we get this right because, like the last episode, I was saying all sorts. Of things. So, yeah. and, and the start of the start episode when I first saw the the question, I was kind of leaning towards the the end. So, never satisfied, never satisfied, but achieved a lot in terms of like legacy and stuff like that. But then I also think there's value in living a, a simpler, sim- a more simple life that is based around happiness, and that could just be. In my head, I've got Isla Holbos in um Mexico. It's living on the beach, simple, happy life. But I might not have achieved much, but I've just got might have a little house, a little shack, got my own food, living off the land. And that that could be enough. I think that could be enough for me. So, so then, think, yeah. is that like it depends? I guess I guess the, the difference here is then is what you perceive as achieving because mm. being on whole box and being in mexico and being on a private island is amazing mm. um but that could also be an achievement in itself because you've basically achieved a way of like almost like living away from the pressures of society mm. it's interesting um, yeah because i think within society we attach money to achievements so mm-hmm. achievements are kind of seen as like it has to have a monetary value almost whether that's a new car new job new house new watch whatever that might be it might feel like yeah i've got this status symbol and this is i'm, I'm achieving I'm, I'm successful and stuff like that but i guess yeah like you said achievements like you said might be escaping escaping that society escaping those norms and living on your own terms living off the land that's an achievement in itself so mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm think I'm still gonna say I'd rather be happy and content than not achieve much. I think yeah, I think I think that's gonna be my answer in terms of if I can live a simpler life. But then I don't think I'm naturally inclined like that, so I don't know if I'm just lying. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I want my answer to be, but I don't think I could be I couldn't be content just just chilling not not striving for more to achieve more do you think but i think naturally as humans sometimes uh, uh, maybe not saying naturally as humans because there's a whole bunch of people who are just happy and content but it is comfortable but if that's what you want to be then that's what you're achieving isn't it like mm-hmm. you want to be comfortable when i think happy and content sometimes i just think comfortable mm-hmm. and um sometimes when you come when you're comfortable you're not necessarily learning anything. So mm-hmm. uh, you could potentially talk to like people who are retired and what they what they think. And when they're when they're retired, they they feel like they've achieved all this stuff before. But once they're retired and there's nothing more to kind of achieve, they feel like, okay, I had a holiday for two weeks and it's like now what? Mm-hmm. I think that's why I'd be, especially at this stage of my life, mm. I keep chopping and changing my answer. But... <laughs> Yeah, again, I think what I say um, and the, the vision of having, of being happy and content but not achieving anything sounds good. But in terms of like my personality and what I want from life, I think it is being able to, to achieve more, even if I'm not satisfied with what I've achieved. Mm-hmm. I think that's, again, again, I think that's what we all strive. Well, that's what I think we're striving to do is 
do more than maybe what our parents have done or, or what society thinks we can do. And even if that doesn't come with satisfaction, I think, I think I'm happy with that. Like if I'm able to live a life where I can leave things for Elias or, or, and, and stuff like that, like I think that, I think, I won't, I don't know, cause then you might be content with that. That might be your content, your, I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I'm sticking with my answer. I buzzed it in, I buzzed it in. So what, are you going with yeah, the never satisfied, never satisfied, but achieved a lot. Just thinking long-term and what I can give back to people around me and stuff like that. Mm, I agree. I think um, when, I feel like my answer is the same. I, I want to be, I don't think I want to be satisfied. Um, mm. I think naturally I'm that way inclined that you get one car, you're like, okay, next car. Um, you buy a house, you're like, okay, next house. Um you know, you start a business, you might, okay, I made 10,000 one month. Okay, cool. 20,000. Um, or you're, even if you're not like, you don't want to make 20,000, you might make 10,000 and it's like, okay, cool. Next business. What am I making now? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's always that new challenge. And I think it's important to do that only because I just think that, that changes things, changes things to you. It gives you experiences and I think that's just what life is about, isn't it? It's that those mm. experiences, um, I, I always end up taking this really deep, but I think for me, you want to push new boundaries. So like, imagine we just thought, okay, the world is flat. We wouldn't be seeking to try and figure out the world is round. Mm. Uh, let's say, oh, you know what, like, as a society, like what I always like, when I think of never being satisfied, I always think about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk, well, Jeff Bezos, he was just, he ran a bookshop. He's now flying to different, trying to find different planets, trying to go out of space. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That, that epitomizes never being satisfied. He's pushing those boundaries hitting those boundaries. He started bookshop to now being in everybody's living room with Amazon Prime and he's got everyone's addresses, got deliveries. It's just, mm. it's, you know what I mean? To then Elon Musk, you know, being one of the higher ups in PayPal. That's just a, that's just a financial, like obviously um, financial services. Mm. But he's now providing 5G around the world with satellites. He's digging holes to build tunnels, to create like underground highways. Yo, that type of never being satisfied is amazing. Like, it's just, mm. to me, it's like, I feel like you you will achieve things that you never thought you would were, you were be able to. Um, and I think that's what I feel like that's what's got to be what life is about, isn't it? Like, I get it. People are going to be happy and content with what they have. And I think you should always be happy and content. Or I think you should always be grateful. You look back, you're grateful for what you have. But I'm grateful for this right now. But I'm going here. Mm. I'm grateful for this. And I'm going here. And I, I guarantee that you will, your mind will keep ticking for longer um, if you do that. Because I feel like as soon as you're happy and just content, I think you, I think that's where you start your decline. Mm. No, I think so. And yeah, 
I think you shared something on LinkedIn or so I don't know where I've seen it, but I think it was I saw your name attached to it. Um about there was there was like a, a on the left hand side there was a hundred blocks and then there was a, a man and on the right hand side there was like six blocks and uh, the the blocks on the left hand side kind of symbolize what you've achieved so far. And then on the right hand side it was six blocks that you that you kind of look at as like the stumbling blocks almost like the hurdles you can't get get across. And I think that kind of kind of alludes to, to what we're talking about. We want to do more and keep pushing and we will come to these thoughts almost. It's finding a way to kind of go through it and not being content with not just looking back and being, okay, well, I've done this, I can chill out now, but kind of what's next? What can I overcome next? And I think that's, again, that's how I've kind of lived my life so far. And I don't, I don't feel, I don't see that settling down, mm. which is, which is, Good and bad because you wanna you wanna progress, but I often get not I often don't think about how far I've come, and I kind of focus on how far I am away from my next step almost. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's it's finding that balance, I guess. I think sometimes it, there's a balance, isn't it? So when you do feel to that point of where you might feel down because you have to organize the blocks in front of you. You don't quite know how you're going to do that. You can look at the the blocks you have organized. And it's like, wow, I have achieved to come like so far. I, like, I have come so far. And that you can just use that as inspiration to go get these blocks done. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think, yeah, like that's an important balance to have. And uh, I know exactly the post you're talking about, man. Again, Stephen Barlett, I keep shouting him out. Uh, hopefully one day we can get him on the podcast. Um because yeah, like he he puts out a lot of information, and um, yeah, that one definitely rang true. Because I I I feel like like for example, with the agency, for example, I probably say I've been comfortable for a good couple months, um, but that's been affecting me because I know that I need to do more. Do you know what I mean? And now that's a harder thing to kind of come out of because I've been so comfortable. So I'm like, okay, I need to take this next step. I need to take this next step, but sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what step I need to take. But you know, we'll see it and we'll look back. Same with the podcast, we'll look back. You know, we've uh, we've achieved so much. Uh, you know, we did we tried different platforms and now we're here. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I even got a message. Uh, we released last week's episode on Monday and got a message yesterday. Like, bro, I really enjoyed this podcast. Um, it was really good. The one about cancel culture. So again, yeah, check so it out episode twenty five. So, yeah. No, it's good to hear, man. It's good to get that feedback as well. Because I feel like we've been doing this for a long time now. I think when we look back on stereo, I think our first episode was last July. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's seeing and getting that feedback really helps us kind of keep ticking along and and striving for more, I guess, knowing that there's people out there giving us yeah. feedback and enjoying the episodes. And, yeah, if anyone does have any feedback, just hit us up. Uh, hit and up, yeah. Screen. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, man, hit us up, man. We're friendly people. And uh, yeah, man, open to even do other talks, conversations, uh, classroom stuff, presentations, all that kind of stuff. So we're open to doing a lot more stuff, man. It's time to like really dive into the community and take it to that next step. I won't, I won't forget us doing the first couple episodes in and it's like, my mic's down or your mic's down you know you have to turn you check like you know what i mean but now yeah. it's like it's better way better you know mm -hmm. way more organized and stuff like that so 
yeah man we gotta give ourselves our flowers when it's time so yeah man but yeah man let's wrap that up man nfts be aware man there's an evil business of nfts out there cancel culture i see you we probably have to do like a donkey of the week or something with this cancel culture stuff um because yeah every week there seems to be something <laughs> and uh shout out to i guess what cabby lane <laughs> um hugo boss so yeah big shout out to big shout out to him and um yeah man i go by the name of <laughs> uh julia green um and my co-host jamal lawrence man we out man